Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by collegealternative.org presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dina Thayer. Dina is the co-founder of Future Focus Parenting and co-host of the popular parenting podcast, Raising Adults. She is passionate about teaching families proactive, intentional parenting strategies so they can thrive rather than survive on their parenting journey. Dina and her husband, Scott, have five teen and young adult children. So I think it's fair to say that she knows what she's talking about. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Dina. Dina, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for showing up. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get to share with your audience today. Yes. Okay, so we're just going to dive right in. Why don't you actually tell the listeners, where did you grow up and kind of what was the messaging that you were seeing and hearing about post-secondary education? So I grew up in the Puget Sound area, Seattle area of the United States, and I was in a family with only one other sibling, and it was almost and unspoken that we would go to college. Like that's, that's how big of a deal it was. And here's why it wasn't anything mean or harsh or like there was not a lot of pressure around it, but my parents were very much the kind of people who we want better for our kids than what we had. And they, neither of them had a college degree. So it was sort of this, how can we pay it forward and beyond And my dad only had an AA and my mom didn't finish college. And so it was like, how can we make sure our daughters get this opportunity? And I I did grow up in a home that was all about strong women too. So that was, in a way, this was an empowering message. It wasn't like a pressure message, but it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. Like when you're done, you're going to college. That's the deal. (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay. So then what did you do? Well, I went to college right away. And as the firstborn, I carry a lot of the traditional firstborn traits. So I was super gung-ho. I have a summer birthday, so I was young. I graduated high school at 17, went to college, decided to go gung-ho in college, graduated in three years, and had my bachelor's by the time I was 20. And I don't recommend that, by the way, because... First of all, my mom joked, like, we can't even go celebrate with a drink. Like, you're not even 21. And so that was just <laughs> just funny. But also, I think the extra year of the growing up you do personally is really important. So I may have technically had the letters behind my name and been able to go into a career, also not what happened, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But it was not, it, it isn't something I've encouraged my kids to do. Like, take your time. This is your time to transition into really learning how to get your feet under you as a young adult. And I just went like, boom, 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 you know, nose to the grindstone. And it wasn't negative. I just wouldn't recommend it. Well, I think what you, I I like, just as you were talking, I was thinking like, it's funny how you talked about your parents kind of basically kind of rolling over to you as their offspring. Like, here's here's our gift, right? We're paying it forward. We don't want you to do what we did. And then in, in that like same vein, you're kind of doing the same thing with your own kids, right? Like, take your time. So I think that that's, you know, the reflection in, in uh, those changes is uh, pretty exciting to hear. And you totally teed us up perfectly to talk about how Things may not have gone how you thought that they were going to go at the age of 20 as a new college grad. So tell the listeners what ended up happening. Yeah, it was really fascinating because I ended up in my field right away and then 
took a long left turn. So I had a speech degree and have loved public speaking from the time I was young. And it's not a popular degree. I think public speaking is like America's second largest fear after death or something or heights. And so there were only three of us who graduated with the speech degree. But I almost right away ended up as a morning co-host of a radio show. So I loved it. It was like fabulous. I was already in the zone. And then the radio station changed formats. And I don't know if you can tell even today by my headband and how I look, but it became a hard rock station and I was not the right fit. So I was quickly (laughs) in my field and then out of my field and still super young and like, now what? So I tried to start grad school. I lasted eight days at the school I chose, partly because it was a ginormous university and I'd come from a smaller college and I just floundered. I last, I mean, I made it eight days and I was like, "Mm, no. And so then I just went into various kind of admin roles from there. But that was like my little jump. And I was like, I'm in my field. Yay. Oh, just kidding. (laughs) So (laughs) then I did a lot of office work and then I had babies, you know, and so then I was home for a long time. And then that's really interesting too. I think whatever parent ends up staying home, then you have like this gap in your resume, you have to explain if you return to the workforce. And so that's an interesting kind of S curve too, right? If all of a sudden you have to say, here's why I was out of the loop for six years and there might be advances in technology that have happened or just changes in workflow dynamics that you're now not aware of because you weren't in the loop while while those changes were happening. So that was challenging too, (laughs) coming back in later on. So I really literally ended up as, I don't know, glorified, office person for a lot of years until I had kids. Wow. Okay. So, and then like circling back, because obviously it sounds like after that kind of that time away where you were raising your kids, did you go back to the original field, right? Like the, the radio or like anything public speaking related or what ended up happening? Yeah. Not until very recently, actually. I, and in a way I did. So here's what happened adjacently when I had been out of school seven years and I had little people, I actually went back to grad school. And the reason for that is I wanted to homeschool. And I think a lot of people unfortunately do their kids a disservice when they do that because they really don't know how to teach. And so I went and got a master of education so that I would be able to actually teach my children and help them out and not have it be just like, we're hanging out at the dining room table coloring, you know? So I, that, I do not regret that. It was interesting having the gap being an older adult with a cohort of these younger people getting their master's, but it was a great experience. And I graduated nine years after I'd gotten my bachelor's degree. So very interesting tournament. So that was 2007 and I had small kids and I ended up using that so much because I became a doula. And so I was helping families with their birth and adjacent to that, I was teaching birth classes. So I actually was using the public speaking, getting to use the education degree as well. So for me, it dovetailed beautifully. And I became a single mom during this time because I got divorced. And what I loved is the flexibility. I could schedule the birth classes. 
I was only gone if there was a birth. I wasn't gone eight to five. So it really enabled me to be with my kids during those years, which I appreciated. And I did feel like I was using both of those skill sets, the education and the communication. So it was really nice. I actually still occasionally attend a birth here and there. So it's been really nice to be part of families becoming parents. Very special. So yeah, I did. It was weird. I eventually like made my way back, but in a totally different area. I got certified as a doula and a childbirth educator, which was nothing about radio (laughs) at all. And then just (laughs) in these last handful of years, my colleague and I, when we started Future Focus Parenting, we started the podcast. And then I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm back in my little wheelhouse. It's a, definitely a form of public speaking. It's also a form of educating because we were educating parents mm-hmm. about our parenting philosophy and all of that. So I did. I made my way back, but it was a circuitous route and it was definitely not linear. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and tell us about Future Focus Parenting because you kind of just like hit hinted towards what it is that you're doing. So really like explain to us everything. Yeah, it's super fun. I, I've been really fortunate to work alongside a dear friend of mine who also was my very first twin doula client. So super, super fun connection there. So we've known each other a long time as friends first and then, and then worked together. So Kira and I, we noticed as we were talking that we had very similar ideas about parenting and they weren't what we were hearing. They weren't what we were reading. I mean, there's so many parenting books, right? Every which way. But what we noticed, there was this common thread for us that we talk about in our society raising kids. And we were both like, that's not what I want. I don't want a 30-year-old kid on my couch. <laughs> you know, I So we really look toward the future as we parent, we're always thinking, if I do this now, what happens later? It's a very future-focused mindset. So hence, future-focused parenting was born. And we have a philosophy about parenting with a long-range view. And there's kind of three pillars to the philosophy, which I'll just say really quick because they're kind of essential to the philosophy is one is having a strong why. And what we've noticed is when parents know why they're picking the choices they make, they're able to stick with them so much better. And let's be honest, the how and what of parenting are super hard. So if you have a strong why, it really helps. The second one is to operate from your values and uphold them. And every family has different values. This isn't like just the traditional, like when you hear family values, there's like a lot of weird connotations that come up, but meaning really in your family, what are the traits that you'd like to see in an adult that comes out of your house? and then parenting toward those. So for instance, if you care about diligence, it means the way you handle homework that comes home from school is gonna be different in a family that maybe doesn't value diligence. And what I love about this is you can parent toward it in the positive and if you need to do some redirection. So if kindness is one of your values, for example, and you see a really kind interaction, you can point that out. Wow, thank you for being so kind to your brother. We value kindness in our family. On the flip side, if you see something that isn't great, you can then say, you know, was that the kindest words you could have used with your sibling? Can we talk about a kinder way to say that? We really value kindness in our family, so we want to work on that. So that's the second piece is just 
upholding that, figuring out what they are. Kira and I are kind of nerdy. So we even recommend like actually making a list with definitions and hanging it up. When my kids were pre-readers, we actually had pictures of kind of what the values represented because they couldn't read the list. But it was really easy for them to refer to as well and understand this is kind of what we're aiming at as a family. And then the last thing is being proactive. Take a proactive approach is what we call it. And of course, if you're future focused, you want to be proactive. So there's two ways you can do that. One is if you see something coming in parenting that you can prepare for, do that. So if you've got a toddler and you know it's about time to think about potty training, you know, start making your plan. How do we do that in our house? Or in our case, we have olders. I'm now in a blended family and we had kids who were starting to turn driving age. And so we had to make a plan. How do we do driver's ed? Are we going to provide a car? Will we pay for gas, insurance, blah, blah, blah. And what I love about this is once you do it that way, now you have your plan. So when each kid gets to that age, you're not like, oh, now what? You go, oh, I I know how we do this. It helps you feel a lot more on top of things as a parent. So that's one way to do it. Another way is a little closer proximity to the event. So say you're going to a nice dinner at someone's house. You use the car ride over to make sure kids are aware of the expectations. You know, how do we politely ask for something? How would you ask to use the restroom? What happens if a food gets passed to you that you don't care for? How do you respond and you get to practice? And what we find is kids who know what the expectations are, are a lot more likely to meet them. So you give them the heads up so that they can be successful and you avoid things like a kid going, hey, I have to pee, you know, at the dinner table. So those are kind of the three big things, that strong why, parenting toward your values, and then taking a proactive approach. And what we've found is it's pretty different. There's not really something quite like this out there. And I think it's why it resonated. And so it's been a lot of fun to work on. Well, and it sounds too like, or at least, you know, I can see your face, you know, the audience can't see your face right in this moment. And it's just evident to me that you are just, obviously, this is this is the personal and professional like blend that is not just it's not work right it's like it's fun that's what I'm seeing you kind of just like the passion the excitement it's showing up in your face yeah it's definitely true it's the thing I care about a lot and so I think that is evident when we talk about it and I think it's why the podcast was so much fun because we got to talk about all these parenting issues through this lens. And again, back to your earlier question, then I also felt really at home getting to use those skills that I did work to learn. And that was really gratifying too. And so getting to do the podcast as well. And our podcast is called Raising Adults out of the idea that we're not trying to raise kids, but fully functioning, responsible, capable people. So it's been super fun. And you're right. I don't get tired of talking about it. Well, and so I'm just going to ask you this question because I, I ask all of my guests, knowing knowing your journey and where you are now, do you see yourself as successful? 100%. And, and the interesting thing is, for me, that isn't tied to, oh, I'm using my degree. That is great and it is gratifying because I think there's a lot of people out there who feel like they got a degree that hasn't been particularly useful or they ended up in an industry where it didn't matter whether they had one. But for me, why is more back to what you just said is when you can have your skill set and your passion intersect, that is such a sweet spot. And that's what I've found in these more recent years. I really did find it in an adjacent way, helping birthing families because I love that. But what I realized is actually what happens after that 
the parenting journey is what I'm really excited about. And so finding that took time, but yes, it does feel successful. Not just because the podcast did well, or I'm, like I said, using my degree, it's because I get to do something I enjoy, but also am good at and, and get to help people. And I, that's super awesome. Okay. So if you could give any piece of advice then for maybe a young adult who is Maybe, maybe actually coming from the fame, like similar family system that you were raised where it's like, look, we didn't even have a conversation about going to school. It was just expected go, right? What piece of advice would you give a young adult right now? Mm. Yeah, especially if that's your environment, you might have to have a conversation because for me, it felt like a very natural next step. I had those firstborn tendencies. Like I said, I was a strong student. It made a lot of sense to me don't think that's the case for everybody. And we have five kids and not all of them have gone a traditional university route. We've had trade school, we've had go straight to work and we support all of that because we think it's really based on what are your interests? What kind of personality are you? Some people just aren't students. Like being in school is not their jam, you know? And it wouldn't have been the right fit for all our kids. So you might have to have a conversation with your parents, which is, it can be hard, especially if there are those expectations there. But I think that's important nonetheless. But the other thing I would say is if that excites you and your family is willing to provide that for you, see it as, and you said this at the top, actually, Joanna, see it as the gift that it is. Because the other thing my parents were really committed to that I think is, it's out there, but maybe becoming rarer is that we don't want you to graduate burdened with a bunch of debt. So they had always said, grad school is on you, but your bachelor's degree is on us. And I feel so grateful that I was able to go start working without having a loan to repay. And so being able to view that, I think sometimes you can view it as like, oh, it's a bummer. I feel pressured. I have to go to school. But if you're capable and school is a good fit or the career you're interested in would be, it would be helpful to have a degree. If you've got a family that's willing to do that for you, I mean, embrace that and see it for the gift that it is. That'd be my advice. Well, and I feel like it makes sense because you are you are a mom of of teenagers, right? So we're t- and your work is in future focused parenting, right? Raising adults. So I feel like it would it would be remiss of me to not ask you the question: What advice would you give parent aside from like listening to the podcast episodes that you've produced, connecting with you and Kira? If if Folks are going that route or they're not, but what's just one piece of advice that you would give to a parent right now of this emerging adult population? It's my advice is actually combined with an encouragement. And that is, you know, your child slash children best. And it's really true. And I think we don't always give ourselves enough credit for how well we know these people that we've worked to raise and invest in. And so if you see the aptitude for school, it's okay to encourage, you know, a lot of parenting is knowing when do I push a little and when do I back off? And if the aptitude is there and the skill is there and the interest is there, it's okay to encourage that. At the same time, if you see a child who would be better in like a skilled labor position or they want to go into a trade, I think leaning into what are your children's strengths and encouraging those rather than getting this narrow view? It has to look this one way. That's my biggest piece of advice. Cause I think we do sometimes fall into that temptation of, Oh, it should look this way and it needs to be this trajectory and it has to be in this order or very linear. And it's almost never the case, frankly, 
But also as the person who knows these people so well, you're in a unique position to encourage their gifts. And that's my biggest piece of advice. Use what you know, but encourage their gifts, even if it doesn't match how you think it should look. And that can be hard, but it's important. I like that. Okay. So I I think what's going to be key here is folks need to know how to connect with you. So how, like, what's the website? How do they reach out? How do they hear the podcast episodes? Like, tell me everything. I would love to share that. So to just learn a little about Kira and I, or the Future Focused Parenting philosophy, you can visit our website and you can also listen to the podcast right there. So it's pretty easy. It's futurefocusedparenting.com. Our podcast, as I mentioned, is called Raising Adults. We recorded five full seasons of Raising Adults and all the episodes are still there. There's 150 plus some bonus episodes and they cover everything from small people and how do you start this young all the way to there's several episodes where I talk about this experience of having teenagers and shaping that and really encourage people to check that out. Podcast is called Raising Adults. It's on all major podcast platforms. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So you can see those podcast episode announcements, little parenting tips and tricks and quotes. And our handle is at Future Focused Parenting. I still do parent coaching. I do infant sleep consulting, a little hearkening back to my birth helper days. And so if people want to just reach out to me or if you have a question based on what you heard today, absolutely fine. My email is futurefocusedparenting at gmail.com. And we'll make sure we have all of those in the show notes. Um, and gosh, I, I feel like I could probably, we, I might have to listen to more of your episodes and then actually circle back to have a, a follow-up conversation. Awesome. Because to your point, I think that, yeah, I think that there's actually, even though I still feel like the majority of society at this point, and I, it really, it does depend more strongly geographically where a family is, whether the culture is college, 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 or where the community is actually a little bit more accepting of just mm-hmm. like having a, pa- a plan, right? So depending on kind of the, the area in which a young adult is right now, um, I think it really does drive whether or not it's okay to explore something else or what doesn't feel like, it almost feels like you're swimming upstream. So you got to yes. have a little bit of confidence and that also feels like the parents have to be on board. And so again, I just think that, you know, everything that you've shared in this very brief interview um, just requires us to circle back to have more conversations as the narrative of society changes for what's okay for young adults. You're so right. I mean, it. I think even in our family, the culture of, hey, it's not a one size fits all path. It's a little bit unique still uh, here and there. I mean, you're probably right. Depending on where you live, there's different pressures, but it's sending kids to trade school or having them enter employment, the workforce right away. It was always, well, where are they going to school, right? What are they doing after high school isn't the question always yet. It's not what are they doing next. It's where are they going to school? And so we even had to kind of train ourselves. Well, in our family, there's other options. And here's what this one's doing. And here's what this one's doing. But it's been great. And I think if we can open up to that we and become more accepting and realize this isn't a one-size-fits-all path, it's so helpful. And that's actually exactly what our philosophy is too. We're all about raising adults, but the way you get there is not one size fits all. Each family is going to do that differently. I love that. That's like the perfect place to end on too. 
You heard it, folks. Reach out to Dina. Dina, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guests for joining me on this week and for being willing to share your journey. This podcast would not exist if it weren't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world. Make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guest. Also, put a face with a voice by accessing their interview on the newly formed successissubjective.org website. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can email me at joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on any other podcast playing app, such as Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Last but not least, Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and by you. You can support this podcast by joining the Patreon community at patreon.com backslash success is subjective. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.